0: All right, King of Kings, how are you tonight? Welcome home, glad you're here. We thank you, everybody on the worship team. Jonathan, thank you for joining us tonight. Tom, Ray, Thais, uh, Alyssa, Roman, Gabi, Tyro, Monique, everybody, thank you so much for helping tonight. Um, I don't think, uh, Pastor Wayne, don't worry about stealing my thunder. We have a lot of thunder. To go around, but thank you for, for welcoming our friends, John Trinkline. Thank you so much, guys, for being here tonight, uh, Pastor Mark and Pam as well, of course, Brian and Jenny. I uh, also want to just welcome uh, Pastor Dixon Raj from uh, Shalom Christian Fellowship in South Africa. Thank you for being here tonight as well. We bless you. I uh, want to mention Don, Pastor Don Munton's group from Houston's First Baptist. Thank you guys for joining us for Houston, Texas. All of you as well. Beautiful people here in Jerusalem. Welcome, King. Are you happy to be in Jerusalem tonight? How about that? See, that's a nice response. We also have a lot of folks watching online. We just want to mention them and welcome them because it ties into um, a a word that came from our prophetic team. And I just want to read it. Sometimes they slip me these little notes and uh, sometimes they're hard to read. But God is, is meeting with us in Jerusalem, Jew and Gentile right now, Israel and the nations. He wants us to remember, remember that he is coming and his spirit is being poured out as we offer his high praise. And people from many nations will come and they will say, come let us go up to the house of the Lord. Yes. Now that many nations, we are blessed to have that tonight and, and I'll just give you a quick example of all the nations that are represented tonight. Austria, now these are just the people online, right? Then I'll get to the people in the house. Austria, Brazil, Canada, England, Finland, France, Germany, India, Indonesia, Other parts of Israel, Kenya, Korea, Malaysia, the Netherlands, Papua New Guinea, Philippines, Poland, Singapore, Slovakia, South Africa, South Korea, Spain, Suriname, Sweden, Switzerland, Trinidad and Tobago, United States, and there are over 14 represented in the house. That gives us a total countries of 42 countries tonight. Bless the Lord. So thank you for being here. Um, we have a great feast in front of us from the Word of God, but before we get to that, Brian and Jenny, can you guys come on up with us? Pastor Wayne and Ann, would you join us? My wife, Rebecca, is also here tonight. Come on, Rebecca, on up. Join us, guys, up front. We just want to speak a blessing. You've heard me mention Brian and Jenny, King of Kings, Los Angeles. They are part of the King of Kings family, and as they're coming up, I'm just also wanting to recognize Pastor Paul and Kristen Guerrero, Elahi Melek, part of the King of Kings family as well, is here tonight tonight. Um, can you guys be on camera? Can, you want to come up? If you can, I know you got like 15 kids, but are they all in class? Can you do that? Yeah, Kristen's, out. Kristen's out. Well, Paul, Pastor Paul, why don't you come on up? It is great to have you in the house tonight, so guys. We've to missed be. you. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was with you, of course, in Los Angeles recently, and I will be with you again this summer on the West Coast trip of the United States, so we're looking forward to that. We want to just spend a moment before we dive into the Word to bless you. You've had challenges. Right, We've been on the phone together, we've had challenges, we counsel, we strategize, and one of the challenges is right as we launched, we were off to a great launch, and then this thing called COVID came our way, and Israel was locked down pretty hard, and other parts of the world were a little lighter than us, but you guys were in a crazy place called California, and they also uh, had some crazy thoughts about that, right? So you guys have had to walk through the trenches of that. Re, uh, regather the sheep together after COVID. And then what happened was we were, we were having some great momentum. And then our landlord decided that he would not stand up to the larger um, owners of the building. Mm-hmm. They didn't want worship in the building. And the landlord had every right to tell them to be quiet this is my building, I'm going to let there be worship. But the owners around him convinced him with pressure to kick you out. We want to pray for that tonight. We're going to pray for that for a breakthrough. God has an amazing place for you. You're on the right track. There is momentum in the spirit. Don't listen to what the devil's talking to you about. Remember the Shema we just said? We sang it together. Hear, O Israel. Don't see, O Israel. Okay, the Lord is saying something to you. He's not telling you to look around. He's telling you to close your eyes and listen. He's got something better for you. Guys, come around our team here. Let's just lay hands on Brian and Jenny, and we're going to get this breakthrough. God is behind what you're doing in Los Angeles. We have the microphone also. I think maybe others can, can speak into it as well. King of Kings family, just bow your heads with me. This is, we're doing this together, okay? This is not a show for you. You're doing this with us, okay? Okay. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Yeshua, Holy Spirit, come down now in a mighty and powerful way. Touch Brian and Jenny. All of their hands have sown so far. We speak against the spirit of discouragement in the name of Yeshua. We speak against the spirit that would say, you're not enough. You don't have it all together. The Lord is not going to use you in mighty ways. And we just call out that lie of the enemy in the name of Yeshua. And we say, you are enough because Messiah is in you. He promised you that you would do greater things than he did. And we can't even fathom the things that he did. If there's a place on the earth right now that needs Yeshua, it is California. It is Los Angeles. It is Hollywood. It is Pasadena. It is Rancho Cucamonga and all of the surrounding areas that you draw from. Those people need Messiah because they are on television and movies and internet 24 hours a day spilling garbage to the world, and God wants you guys to be part of changing that narrative so that what can be presented to the world is the true light of the kingdom of God. It's not easy what you're doing. You're in hard, hostile territory. That's a word you needed to hear, Jenny. You're in hostile territory. This is not going to be easy. This is not your parents' congregation. This is not your parents' time frame in history. You're in hostile territory. Amen? The Lord is gonna do great things in that moment. It's not because they love you and, and, and California thinks you're the greatest thing. It doesn't matter. Jerusalem doesn't think we're the greatest thing either. But we're doing great things in his name and you're gonna do great things. Others, lay your hands on them and pray if you have a word. Let's just take a moment in the spirit.
1: Yeshua, we come to you, the great pioneer. Who came to earth not at a popular time for you to arrive. In your Jewish circles, we pray now as they are in these circles that they will have a persevering pioneer spirit that will not be held back by circumstances May these circumstances just be great stories to tell one day of how you broke through in an impossible situation. We pray for great favor upon them. May they just be like magnets that appeal to those in that community, that they will come rushing to you, Lord, through their testimony and through their preaching and through their worship and through their lives, we pray in Yeshua's name, amen.
2: When we started praying, I saw a desert and just dry, hard ground. And then I looked up and saw just a single lone tree by a stream, and that verse just popped into my head that you're gonna be like a tree planted by streams of water. And so in my head, when I think of that scripture, I don't think of like a forest with all these trees. I think of, well, why would it be significant that there's this tree by water? Because it's dry, it's Israel, it's arid, there's nothing there in the desert. So in my head, I saw a desert and a lone tree by a stream of water who bears fruit in season and that there is a season for fruitfulness that God has ahead of you and so that you can just ignore that desert and say hey I'm, I'm plugged in I'm my roots go down deep and I will be bearing fruit in the season
1: that's right hallelujah good word yeah, heavenly father I also want to lift up Brian and and when I think of California and the, the dynamics Lord the drugs the poverty the the, the liberal agenda the gangs and father how how important it is for uh, the Hebrew roots for, 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 the, for the Jewish faith that we were, were built on. Lord, I pray that you uh, help Brian and Jenny to be a, a light, Father, a solid light, a place of interest that anyone around them, uh, as they see, as they encounter, may be touched. We ask for your Holy Spirit to fall upon their sanctuary, uh, to fall upon the state Uh, Lord, we we pray for their influence to continue to increase. We pray for an abundance of resources. We pray for connections and and partnerships. Uh, Lord, may may there be a, a seed planted in fertile soil and may it continue to grow and grow and grow. We pray for their team and all the work that is in front of them. Lord, I thank you for these pioneers. We pray your power upon them, your authority upon them. Lord, should they encounter mountains, we pray that you give them encouragement and confidence that they have the power power in you, Yeshua, to remove those mountains. To you be the glory. Amen. 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 Amen.
2: And my prayer is this. Lord, I pray that uh, you will give them beautiful creativity in that... uh, Culture to be to be countercultural in a kind and and wonderful way that your light will shine through them that they will be givers of your water of uh, to the thirsty and givers of your bountiful feast to the hungry that are around them. Thank you, Lord, for just giving them fruit for their labors. And we praise you for making this place a soul-saving station and a place of transformation that will not just be a little tiny pocket in L.A., but it will become a a, a flower that continues to bloom and a vine that continues to grow. And let your spirit fall upon them, I pray. In Yeshua's name, amen.
0: amen. 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 King of Kings, can we just clap for them, all the hard work that they're doing? And as they're, as they're getting settled in, we, uh, I think we're supposed to say happy birthday to you, Jenny. Is that right? Happy All right, tomorrow. All right, 30 years old tomorrow, good job. <laughs> Such young pastors. Praise the Lord. 35. Hey, 35, my fault, my fault, 35. Guys, grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles, turn to the book of Exodus, we're going to dive into the Word. If you have not joined us in the previous weeks, we've been in a series called, We Are the Temple. And it comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own, you were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. We figure this, that if we are the temple, we better learn about the temple. If we're supposed to somehow glean an example from the temple that we read about in the Bible, we better know what that is, what we're supposed to be learning, and what God expects from us, how God will flow through us in power, what all of the articles of the temple, the layout of the temple might look like. What does it mean? Was it really just an old tent or an old building made of beautiful stones? Was it just some golden articles that really mean nothing for us today? Are you kidding? Do you think that's really how God operates? Since when does God do things that don't have forever implications? God doesn't do random. He does very much on purpose. And he connects the end to the beginning from the beginning. And so for that reason, we've been diving into this series. What have we covered so far? We've covered the original tabernacle, the first temple, the second temple, The renovations of the second temple, the heavenly tabernacle and temple. We've covered some of the articles, the altar of burnt offering, the menorah, the Ark of the Covenant, the layout itself. And then last week, we talked about this, that when God let us know what he wanted the reputation to be of his house, he said, let it be called a house of prayer. That was his words, that his house would be a house of prayer, not a house of sacrifice, although there was sacrifice Not a house of offering giving, although you give your offerings. When he wanted the reputation to be named, he said, my house will be called a house of prayer. And I want to give you a report. Three things happened this week because of prayer. Thank you, King of Kings team, who gathered to pray over these things. I'm going to tell you four. I was going to tell you three and then another one. There's four. There were four breakthroughs. I was thinking three and then the Holy Spirit said, don't forget the other one. Come on. The first one, those of you that were praying over Pastor Mike and Melissa for Melissa's surgery, cancer-removing surgery, she's home. Praise the Lord, and she's feeling good. Her drainage is doing fine, and we just say thank you to the Lord for that. I'm sure they're watching online. Bless you guys. We love you. We're still praying for you. I also want to just mention that Sandra Toplinski had a heart procedure that she is giving testimony from, and her husband, Terry, are uh, giving testimony that she is doing well. She is recovering well from a dangerous surgery. So thank you, Lord, for her recovery as well. Thank you, Lord. At the King of Kings Modine Campus this week, we did a special thing. We've been doing small groups. We've been doing prayer groups and some outreach, and all of that has been leading to an outreach we did this past week And we're just happy to report to you that four unbelieving families came to the small group this week. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord for that. And then lastly, over the course of the last month or so, Pastor Sam Kawana has been leading our Arabic initiative team here in the Jerusalem area. Doing a lot of hard work, gathering the team. Thank you, Tyro. Thank you, Pastor Mazin, as well for helping. And they did some background work. They visited people in their homes. They gave out gift bags. They've been in intercession in prayer. They've been working with children until all of that culminated this week into a large event in Jerusalem. The first part of the evening was a children's event. The second part of the evening was an adult event. Pastor Sam got to preach the gospel, and a hundred people gave their heart to Yeshua this week. While Pastor Sam, of course, was leading the charge, and he needs to get a lot of credit for that, you need to get some credit as well, because you gave to the project, and you prayed for the project. His house will be known as the house of prayer, which leads us into tonight's message as well. I want to look at for a few minutes and I'm going to go as quickly as possible without dishonoring the word of God. Is that fair? If I go 10 minutes longer than normal because we wanted to let the prophetic move of God happen tonight. Is that okay with you? Yes. So three of you are cool with that. And the rest of you The rest of you need to get into our discipleship class. That's That's what I learned just now. Exodus chapter 37. Let's just learn a little bit about this thing called altar of incense. We've been going through the elements in the tabernacle and the temple. How do we connect with them? What does it mean for us? And now we're to the altar of incense, Exodus 37, 25. They made the altar of incense out of acacia wood. It was square, a cubit long and a cubit wide and two cubits high, its horns of one piece with it. They overlaid the top and all the sides and all the horns with pure gold and made a gold molding around it. They made two gold rings below the molding, two on each of the opposite sides to hold the poles used to carry it. They made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. They also made the sacred anointing oil and the pure fragrant incense, the work of a perfumer. Those of you that know your Hebrew here, we're talking about the altar in Hebrew, Misbeach. You're going to see that word a lot and different forms of that word, Mizbeach, it means an altar. You're going to see the word Ketoret, this meaning incense or the sweet-smelling smoke or perfume, the Ketoret. I'm very familiar with that word because I named my third child after that word. Her name is Keturah, and Keturah being that incense of praise comes from that same word, we have a couple of quick slides we'll show you on, uh, on the screen here. Let's see if the team has them. Three, two. Oh, good job! I was going to count that down. You did good. This is just a quick layout of the tabernacle. We've talked about the altar of burnt offering and the bronze laver. Pastor Wayne did a great job on the bronze laver. Then that's the outer court. Then we come into the inner court. We've talked about the menorah tonight is the altar of incense. Next week is the table of showbread. But tonight, altar of incense. But you can see it's the holy place, but outside the curtain. We're not talking about the holy of holies yet. We're not there yet. It's one cubit by one cubit by two cubits. Let's take a look at it. I think we have a picture of just a, a rendering of what it might look like. See, it's a much smaller altar. Remember, I showed you the altar of burnt offering, and it's, it's five times larger than the altar of incense. So it's a little bit smaller But it's primarily smaller because it's in a more intimate location. It's it's closer to the Holy of Holies. It's inside the holy place behind that app. But not yet in the Holy of Holies. It's five times smaller. Now, the location is important because it's the last stop. It's the last article before you go into the Holy of Holies. And that reminded me of Psalm 100, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. I'm wondering, is there not a connection between that prophetic scripture, what David understood, and the location of the altar of incense? You want to come behind the curtain? The last thing you need to do before you come in is you enter my gates with thanksgiving and praise. You burn that incense before you come in. And the location is clearly laid out for us in Exodus chapter 40, verse 5. It says, place the gold altar of incense in front of the ark of the covenant law and put the curtain at the entrance to the tabernacle. So it's talking about the curtain that separates them. This shows up in the New Testament as well. I don't want you to think that this is just some old article that means nothing to us in the new covenant age. In Luke chapter one, verse eight, you're going to see that this shows up prominently in the story of Yeshua's birth. You say, well, I don't remember the altar of incense being part of Yeshua's birth. Well, check this out. Luke chapter one. It says, once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God. Now, this, this Zechariah is Yeshua's uncle. That's, how, that's who you, you need to know who he is. Yeshua's uncle was serving as priest in the temple. And he was chosen by a lot. That means they... They did the the, the lots. They cast the lots to see who would go in. According to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn the incense. And when the time for the burning of the incense came, all assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. So we don't just know who was in there. We know exactly where Zechariah was. He was but a foot away from the curtain of the Holy of Holies, but a foot. And right next to him was the altar of burnt offering, uh, altar of incense. He had been chosen by God through the casting of the lots. God doesn't do random. He was there on purpose, standing where he needed to stand, doing what he was called to do when angel Gabriel came and said, thank you for being where you're supposed to be. I have a message for you. You're going to have a miraculous son, Elisheva is going to have a son. Call him John. And then we know through the timeline that Elizabeth is pregnant six months and then Miriam gets pregnant by the Holy Spirit and then we have the birth of Yeshua. But that whole story, according to Luke, didn't start with Miriam and Joseph and Yeshua. The whole story in Luke's mind started at the altar of incense. That's where he chose to start the story. You see, John saw just what David saw. That before you enter that presence of God, you enter it with that incense offering. Now, what was the purpose of the altar? Exodus chapter 30, verse seven through nine. Aaron must bring fragrant incense on the altar every morning when he tends the lamps. He must burn incense again when he lights the lamps at twilight. So incense will burn regularly before the Lord for the generations to come. Do not offer on this altar any other incense or any burnt offering or grain offering, and do not pour a drink offering on it. So let's just break a few of these nuggets down. The priest had to light the incense in the morning and in the evening. I believe there's some correlation and connection here to the traditional prayers of the Jewish religious community. Because we say certain prayers in the morning and in the evening, And even though we pray three times a day, if you've learned about the shacharit, the mincha, and the ma'ariv services, morning, afternoon, and evening, you will notice that the mincha, the afternoon, there are some prayers left out. Because there are some prayers that are so special, they're only recited in the morning and in the evening at the time of the altar of incense. They reserve those prayers for that special time. I also see a connection between the morning and the evening with the Shema prayer and the Ve'ahofta prayer. Pastor Ray led us in the Shema, but I want to read it in its more full version to you. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse five. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up, the morning and the evening incense, when you lie down and when you get up. And you might say, well, why does he say it backwards? Because remember, from a biblical perspective, the day starts in the evening. That's why in his mind, he's saying, when you lie down, that begins the day, and when you get up, you're already halfway through your day. Wouldn't you like to feel that way? Wake up in the morning, get your coffee. like, dude, I'm halfway done. All right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Feeling good about today. Some of us in the room that are slow waker uppers appreciate that joke a little bit more than you early risers. You're not more holy than us. You're not more holy than us. I cast out that pride in the name of Yeshua. We're gifted at night. We're burning the night incense. You guys can have the morning incense. We'll do the nighttime incense. How about that? We'll get this house of prayer going all around the clock. Now, the incense is to burn regularly. However, it is not the tradition of the Tamid, the eternal flame. I don't want you to confuse the eternal flame in today's tradition with the altar of incense. The Tamid, the eternal flame, actually comes from Leviticus chapter nine, uh, 6, verse 9. If you're taking a quick note... It comes from the altar of burnt offering, not the altar of incense. What it says is give Aaron and his sons this command. These are the regulations for the burnt offering. The burnt offering is to remain on the altar hearth throughout the night until the morning, and the fire must be kept burning on the altar. So just don't confuse the two. When you see the tradition of the eternal flame in the synagogue, that's not because of the incense, it's because of the burnt offering altar, okay? Also a good thing. They're just two different things, and I don't want you to confuse the two. But what I do want to mention is the distinction between the altar of burnt offering and the altar of incense. And I want you to learn something. On the altar of burnt offering, there are many types of offerings, right? Those of you that know your Bible, if you're new to the faith, maybe this is a little advanced for you, but go and catch up. You can read it. If you've been in the Lord a while, some of this will sound familiar, On the altar of burnt offering, there were different types of sacrifices. They brought oxen and bulls, goats and rams, doves, grain offering, wine offering, etc., etc. Lots of kinds. But on the altar of incense, if you caught what I read a while ago, it said you are allowed to bring one kind. It's very different than the burnt offering altar. Incense is one kind. But there's another caveat to how you're allowed to interact with this altar of incense. Not only can you only bring one kind, you are not allowed to bring that kind anywhere else. The altar of incense, if you can hear me here, God doesn't share this one. You might offer bulls and goats at other places throughout history and throughout your Bible, David did it, you know, after victories in war. Solomon did it. They did a big parade. Remember, 22,000 bulls were offered outside the temple when they brought the ark, and they did. You can offer other sacrifices at other places when the Lord allows you, but the altar of incense, you are not allowed to do that. That fragrant incense and mixture that God commands is a one place only, one use only type of offering is dedicated to the Lord in a very different way than a burnt offering is. And it's to be burned every morning and evening. So what are those ingredients? What makes the incense so special? Exodus chapter 30, 34 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Take the fragrant spices, the gum resin, the anika and the galbanum.'" And the pure frankincense, all in equal amounts, and make a fragrant blend of incense. The work of a perfumer, it is to be salted and pure and sacred. Grind some of it into powder and place it in front of the Ark of the Covenant uh, of the Law in the Tent of Meeting where I will meet with you. It shall be most holy to you. Do not make any incense with this formula for yourselves." Consider it holy to the Lord. Whenever or whoever makes incense like it to enjoy its fragrance must be cut off from their people. Maybe you didn't know that God took this one so seriously. Maybe we overlooked it at some point in our devotional study that when it comes to the altar of incense, you may not do it any other way. There is nothing else that's allowed to be on that altar. You're not even allowed to copy that fragrance. You are not allowed to copy it, and there's a reason. Maybe you wanna know what the reason is. Come back next week, no, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you what that is. Praise the Lord. It's a single, dedicated sacrifice that is to never be repeated or to use in another place in your life. Hear me when I said that. It is never to be used in another place in your life. So once you know what it is, you can't use it somewhere else. And before you leave tonight, I want you to know what that is. Let me give you the first key phrase of the night. Based on the altar of incense, God is calling us to give him a specific, dedicated portion of our morning and evening to prayer and worship. And it is not to be shared by anything or anyone else. He is calling for a dedicated moment of praise and prayer. Prayer and worship. Morning and evening. That you don't share with anyone else. There's other times to do that. There's great times to do it. We did it tonight. You can do it in the Summit Prayer Tower. You could do it in your community group. You could do it with your family. And none of those... Take the place of the one dedicated moment, morning and evening, of your prayer and worship before the Lord. They don't take the place of that, and you cannot be repeating it in other places the same. Now, what's so powerful about this incense, and why can we not repeat it? Why can't we use it somewhere else? What if I like the smell of it? What if I want to use it in my home? Show of hands, how many people burn a good smelling candle in your home? Okay. Anybody burn a candle in your bathroom? I need to see a few more hands on that one. Maybe you use a you know spray, I don't know. Some of us are more fancy than other people. That's fine, no judgment. But the smell was the important thing. And you say, why why was the smell so important? Well, remember a few minutes ago, I, I, I was giving a testimony about Sandra Toplinski and her healing. But Sandra wrote a great article for the Light of Zion. And the article was about the offering of incense, the altar of incense. And this is what she wrote. It said, the temple incense aroma was extremely sweet and extremely strong. The fragrance saturated the priest's skin, his hair, his clothing, and everything he owned, and it lingered in the whole temple area, so that when he left, everybody knew he had been in the presence of God. Think of your prayer life that way. If in the morning and in the evening, you dedicated a moment to the Lord in such a way That his fragrance was on you to the point where when you left the the house, the temple, the work, the car, the garage, whatever, when you left, everybody could smell it. That's why you don't repeat it somewhere else. That's why you don't belittle the fragrance of God in other areas of your life and call it common. That's why you're not allowed to, to take what is holy and use it for everyday, anyone, anywhere kind of common use. Because when you get into the presence of God, he wants to saturate your skin with his presence, that everyone can smell it. And you might say, wow, well, that never, never really deduced it that way, but this is not new to us in the word of God. Remember when Moses got a chance to see the backside of God? And the presence of God burned Moses' skin so that when he came down from the mountain, they said, hey, man, put something over your face. You're glowing. You've been in the presence of God. They could see that he'd been in the presence of God. What about when the angels come and visit us? What usually happens? They're glowing. They're bright. Remember, that's how all the descriptions, they're always bright. Apparently, you're going to need sunglasses in heaven. Everybody's bright. Everything's bright. Right. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right. Let there be light. Ah, it's bright. Bet you didn't know that. Heaven. You come in, Saint Peter. Take your sunglasses. Welcome. Just giving you a heads up. Trying to let you know what's coming. When you're in God's presence, you will change. When you're in God's presence morning and evening with a devoted heart, not devoted to someone else, not shared with anything else, devoted to him alone, you will come out looking and smelling different, if you get my point, that people in your life should recognize where you've been. Oh, he's been in the presence of God. She's been in the presence of God. They've been in the house of God, which is a house of prayer. And that's why we don't share it. That's why God doesn't share it. That's why you can't do it in another place or another way or even repeat it. This fragrant incense and all that it means, it's supposed to saturate you. And I was thinking about that in terms of the temple and all of the the smells that could have been there. On the one hand, there was a lot of animals there. And hopefully you know what animals do if you fed them. That was delicate. That was delicately put, by the way. I had a lot of different thoughts going through my head at that moment. And I praise God that the Holy Spirit picked that one. But you know, animals and what's happening and what it smells like when thousands of animals are passing through the temple. But that's not what they were smelling. What they were smelling was roasted meat on the fire. Show of hands. Anybody appreciate that smell? Roasted meat on the fire? That's me every Shabbat, by the way. I'm roasting something on a grill. I'm smoking something in the smoker. I love the smell of meat. I'm the guy with the bottle trying to bottle up the smell in the temple. If I could just get a piece of that. I'm selling it right outside the temple. Not inside the temple. To be clear about that. We learned our lesson outside the temple. But it's not just the burning meat, it's the table of showbread, fresh bread. You like fresh bread when my my wife makes bread, she makes fresh challah every Shabbat. I left the house today and she was she was babying this little container. Something about sourdough starter. I don't know, it was feeding it. She feeds it. I don't know what that means, but all I know is when I get home it's going to smell great you had roasting meat, you had fresh bread coming out of the oven, and you had this fragrant incense being burned. I'm here to tell you the temple smelled great. And when you went into worship and you left, you smelled like the presence of God. I smelled God one time. Did I ever tell you that story? We're going to do this by a vote. We're going to do it Elon Musk style. By a show of hands. If you would like to hear a brief story about the smell of God, raise your hand. All right, quick aside, I was in Buffalo, New York. I was at a Rob Stearns conference. We'd been in the presence of God about two hours, fully devoted. Just you know, I was on my knees actually at the altar. Rob had come back up, he was on the piano, if you know Rob Stearns and Eagle's Wings Ministries, a friend of mine. And All of a sudden, chocolate chip cookies. It's not a joke. This is what he smells like. Chocolate chip cookies. It was so strong, I opened my eyes and looked around because I was totally sure somebody was serving at the end of service, like, thanks for coming. Homemade, fresh out of the oven, hot chocolate chip cookies. And of course, there's no food around. I was like, all right, maybe someone's eating a snack. The service went a little long. A mom gave a kid chocolate chip cookies. No one's, it's me and God. And I smell fresh, hot, baked chocolate chip cookies. Now, when you smell God one day, he may not smell like that to you. But that's what I needed to hear at the moment. That's what I needed to smell at the moment. I trust God. And what it showed me was the sweetness of his presence. And that's what Sandra wrote. It was the sweetness of the incense that lingered on the priests. Psalm 141, verse 2. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. You think David didn't know the commandment? Connecting incense with the evening sacrifice? He knew exactly what he was talking about. Revelation chapter 5. Verse eight, let's make one last connection. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls of incense. Listen to the connection. Golden bowls of incense, which are, here it is, if you're wondering what's in it, which are the prayers of God's people. If you were wondering what it was for, It was to saturate your body with the presence of God, and what is it for? It's a collection of the prayers of God's people. It's followed up. It's repeated again in Revelation chapter 8. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer. With the prayers of all of God's people and on the golden altar in front of the throne, the smoke of the incense together with the prayers of God's people went up before God from the angel's hand. There's no denying the connection between the altar of incense and the prayer of the saints. When you pray in the morning and in the evening... That fragrant incense goes straight up to God, and he receives it like a bowl of incense is burning in the temple, and he says, that's the prayers of my saints. And you say, but I don't, I, I don't live in the temple time. I can't burn incense. Yes, you can. There is a lesson we're supposed to glean from this. God doesn't do this randomly. It's not just an old altar thousands of years ago. It was meant for a lesson for today. You are expected, I am expected to burn the evening and morning incense to God with my prayers. And every time you do it with a dedicated heart that doesn't share that moment, it doesn't share the moment with anyone or anything else. There's a lot of things you share, you do not share that moment. And when that dedicated moment happens between you and God, it goes up like fragrant incense on the altar. And you are performing the same function that the priests performed in the tabernacle and in the temple. That's why Corinthians can say to you, you are the temple of God. When you pray, you're the temple of God. And now we're walking through all of these elements and we're reminded of their summaries. The different articles of the tabernacle and temple, the bronze basin for washing hands. What was it really for? Repentance. We're glad your hands got clean. That's not what it was for. It was for repentance. Then there was the altar of burnt offering for sacrifice for sin. Did God really want to kill an animal? No. What was it for? To show you that he forgave you. Remember the stories that the burnt offering, the animal wasn't just killed and it left there. A fire from heaven came and consumed it. And that's how you knew you were forgiven. The burnt offering is for forgiveness. The bronze basin is for repentance. The menorah and the light that it gives us shows us God's completeness. Where's your gratitude? He's completed your life. Where's your gratitude? That's what the menorah was for. The ark of God, God's presence, and the fact that his covenant is always true. His covenant is always with you. The Ark of the Covenant. And now the incense, the prayer and praise of the saints, both morning and evening, devoted that's not shared, that rises from your lips to God's throne. Worship team is coming out to help me finish here. You know, in traditional Judaism, they set the prayer times morning, afternoon, and evening, like I told you. If you were to do research, and you might say, well, where did the, morning, afternoon, and evening prayer come from, they're going to say that it was from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because Abraham prayed in the morning, Isaac in the afternoon, and Jacob in the evening. That's where they're going to say it came from. But where it really came from was the tabernacle itself. From all of the commandments that were linked with burning incense, offering, showbread, and when you did each one. We are given here a picture of what God has as expectations and really what God invites us to as a people of prayer. His house is to be a house of prayer, but your dedicated moment, morning and evening, needs to be a moment of prayer. There's a corporate house of prayer, and then there's the individual incense of your time with God, and those can be different. One is shared, one is not. We do embrace the idea of 1 Thessalonians 5, pray without ceasing, absolutely. And you should be praying in the spirit all day long. Dr. Catherine read that. But please don't misunderstand pray without ceasing as a substitute for morning and evening incense. One is dedicated with not sharing any other thoughts while the other is throughout the day you're checking in There's a difference. Our second key phrase, a steady yet passive connection to God's spirit through prayer is important, but it is not the same as a dedicated and focused prayer offering of incense to the Lord in the morning and in the evening. We're in the middle of 21 days of prayer. We're about to have altar prayer ministry up front. So prayer team, if you'll go ahead and make your way forward. I know it takes you a moment sometimes to get down here. Go on, come on up if you're part of the prayer team. But if there's one lesson I want you to take away from, from tonight, it's this. What we're trying to do is make prayer our first instinct, not our last resort. That's what we're trying to do. Make prayer your first instinct, not your last resort. When you're sick, when you're tired, when you're depressed, when you're broke, when you lost a job, when you get kicked out of your sanctuary, when there's tension in relationships, whatever it may be, go to the altar of incense morning and evening, burn it up, because it's guaranteed that when you do that in a dedicated way, where does it go? The Bible says it goes straight to the throne. It goes straight to his throne. And that's why we want to make prayer our first instinct, not our last resort. Can you stand to your feet? Let me bless you with this. Prayer team is coming forward. We're going to go back into worship. We need you, Lord. We thank you for the words. We thank you for the imagery, the symbolism, but we don't want to just leave the symbolism in an old tent in the desert. We want to bring it forward. What would you have us learn today? Convict us more and more. We want to pray without ceasing. We want to be a house of prayer, but it doesn't substitute for the quiet, one-on-one, personal, dedicated devotion of the incense, that we can enter your presence with it. We can go behind the curtain with it, and we know that it is transacted directly to the throne. And as soon as it's offered, you receive the bowl of incense, which is the prayers of the saints. God, please, don't let us sell this lesson short tonight. There's so much here for us. And in this new year, can we commit to you, can we commit this to you, that morning and evening sacrifice of incense? Holy Spirit, minister, minister to us in whatever way right now, whatever smell we need to smell, Tonight, whatever hot oil we need to feel, whatever presence you need to touch tonight, whatever body you need to heal as we pray, we give this time to you in Yeshua's name. Amen.